two farts, Performers Happiness in the Arts podcast that's meant to gas up musical theater performers as they pursue a long career on the stage. We bring flatulent happiness to ourselves and to each other through integrity, authenticity, love, and of course, humor. All guests on this podcast are out to help musical theater performers. And while we do it, ah, we may laugh at the simple things like the word penis, penis. Hey guys, what is up? What is up, NYC Musical Theater Performers? This is a fun adventure because the BLI TV, uh, the BLI TV platform was not working. So we said, you know what? Let's just, you know, make the show go on wearing our theater t-shirts right now. And we're recording on Zoom for this to be then posted to the group later because you guys are not going to miss out on this great content. So first of all, Andrew, thank you so much for coming on. For those of you who do not know him, he actually is in charge. He has founded a theater school. Would you mind talking about this theater school, Andrew? Sure. I founded the Institute for American Musical Theater here in New York City. Uh, we're located up in Washington Heights. It's a two-year uh, conservatory program for generally college age, but we do have a few younger dancers who are just phenomenal, so how, how do we not train them? And uh, I founded the school for the sole purpose of, I believe, that students should learn from those who are actually doing the thing that they're teaching. It sounds obvious, but that doesn't seem to be the way of the world. And so all of my faculty are all Broadway professionals. Yes. We've got Tony Award nominated actors and four-time Olivier Award nominated actresses. We have an Elphaba. We have some Phantom of the Opera folks. We have people in mo most of the Broadway shows that come in and, and teach at the Institute. And the kids learn so much so much i've seen it their talent is off the charts off the charts i love it and what i love even more aside from the fact that you love disney like i do and we have disney paraphernalia in the background which of course everywhere yes. everywhere disney what what i love is that you create what what year did you create this well i founded it in, in uh 2015 and our inaugural class was 2016. Exactly. You founded this in 2015. Now, I want to emphasize this to people who are listening right now, any musical theater performer, anybody who's trying to follow their dream. There is no such thing, there's no such thing as an, uh, the need for an idea to be too original or, or unoriginal or original. You don't need to be, get, let things stop you by the idea that, oh, there's already so many schools in New York, or there's so much talent already out there. There is no reason for you to follow and do what you want to do in this musical theater world, because there's always gonna be someone who believes in what you're doing. Amen, Jenna. I mean, this is what I, listen, the odds of you being here are one in 700 trillion. That's math. That's math. So, Everyone is unique and everyone has their spot. And I remember discussing this idea with colleagues and they said the same thing. They said, oh, there's already so many schools. I said, well, there's a lot of gyms as well. There's a lot of pizzerias as well. I said, mine is just going to be different and I think better. And I was just crazy enough to go for it. I think most people, they, they get an idea and they don't follow through with the action. Yeah, and you and there's always going to be naysayers. There's always going to be somebody who doesn't like you, even if you're trying to get everybody to like you. They're, just give up on that. 
Yes. You just follow what your heart is telling you and you can just achieve such great things. I, I mean, we already know, speaking of Disney, he had so many failures. If you've read his book, which of course I naturally yes. have, it, he, he failed so much and, and not to like small levels. These were huge, huge failures, huge, humongous. And it didn't stop him and look what he created. And, and also your age. Don't let your age no. stop you. There's literally no reason why you should be, oh, no, it's just not for me at this point. There is always an opportunity. In 2015, I would love the, t the statistics of how many theater places were open at that time, how we were doing in the economy, how we fully recovered at that point from the recession in 2010. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I mean, there's yeah. always a reason why you could say, oh, this is a bad idea. And look, yes. what, look what he has created. Sure, and if and if I may even elaborate, the the name, the Institute for American Musical Theater, no one in the United States of America picked that name. <laughs> it it blew my mind, and I and you know I was trying to come up with different names for the school, you know, the Conservatory for Higher Theater Studies or whatever, and as I was I was like Institute, I like that name, and as I was plotting it out, I am appeared. And it was like a sign, literally a sign. I thought, I am. Because what you say after those two words define who you are. And Institute for American Musical Theater was born. And I get goosebumps talking about it because I couldn't believe no one had that name. And my I, mother, I, yeah. wow. love, you, love you, mom. But she said, but you're not an institution. And I said, not yet, but we will be. And fast forward to fall of 2019 we now have our own amazing one city block long institute on broadway so we have our own we have our own building and it's just manifesting the goodness and surrounding yourself with like you said if if people aren't on board that's fine but you will find your tribe and you will find your people who are on board with you and those are the people that you want to do business with Exactly. And just look at what you've created. If you have not checked it out, guys, go on Instagram and look at his feed. Look at their performances. They are fantastic. I, I love it. I, I got to come see your shows because I, I watch so much of it on Instagram. It's silly that I haven't gone see a performance. I think it's really cool what you produce. And then how about the area that you chose? Well, when, when we were looking for, for real estate, uh, New York City, not inexpensive and uh we were renting studio space at harlem school of the arts which is near where i live actually oh, great. And, it, and it worked out fine but their their building is currently going to be under construction for the next 18 months so we had the necessity to well let's look around and see what we can do and we looked in midtown and for all of you uh actors and actresses out there midtown is just a nightmare right down at pearl and ripley just the area and it was a fortune Oh, and yeah. we made a phone call to a friend of ours, Sarah Salzberg, who produced uh, Spelling Bee. She owns Bohemia Realty uptown. And some of you probably live in apartments that Bohemia leased to you. And they showed us this space. It, there was nothing there. I mean, concrete floors, white walls, not even plumbing. I walked in and said, this is it. This is it. There was no question in my mind. I had no idea what I was doing. I've never built a commercial space, but I, I walked in there with twine, literally, and I twined out. I said, this is studio one, this is studio two, this is studio three, this is the common room, here's where the bathrooms are gonna go. 
and it worked out. You, you have to come by. Yeah, you I do. I do. It's, it's such a beautiful space. And up on the second floor, and there's all these windows and light and, uh, you know, really, it's just, it's just a beautiful place to work every day. I mean, I'm happy every single day that I walk in there. You lived your dream. You made yes. your dream happen. I think I'm honestly feeling emotional right now. I'm moved. I just think it's so powerful to see people really fight for what they want. And you're, you're an example, which is why I'm bringing you on. Would you mind sharing any stories of any, not naming names, of course not, sure. but any conversations you had with people? Because conversations can be pretty heavy on the soul and the spirit when you're oh yeah any specific conversations that were quite discouraging that you had to that you had to have well overall in my career which is now coming up on 30 years of being in the industry uh you know started when i was 18 years old in boston ballet and it's it's interesting i say my careers plural were a series of no's that I just said, no, I think I can do that. And I mean, I was a football player who became a ballet dancer. Yes. So, so right away, I'm, I'm entering this world of, hmm, you're a little, you know, thighs are a little too big or whatever. You're not yeah. flexible enough. And so I worked very hard and to you know, prove that wrong. Um, I still have, you know, like letters of rejection from the School of American Ballet uh, and in my dance career, I don't know if you've read any, any of the stuff I've done, but I ended up being a principal dancer in the fourth biggest ballet company in the country. Mm-hmm. And when that stopped, it's because I broke my leg. And that was a career-ending injury for me. And I was like, what am I going to do now? And at the time, a young friend of mine was listening to a lot of opera. And he'd say, oh, you have to hear this, you have to hear this. So... I started listening to opera. I'm going, how have I never heard this music before? This is spectacular. And I said, I'm going to become an opera singer. Yes. Well, I my, love that's how that came to you. You're just like, no, I like this. I, I love said, that. Yes. It, it made me feel. And I always mm. trust my feelings. And so I said, I'm going to become an opera singer. And everyone in their, you know, my family and my ex-wife's family literally had an intervention with me to try to get me to not become an opera singer. And I said, well, if I made it as a ballet dancer and I really believed I could do it and I really believe I can be an opera singer, why wouldn't you support this idea? They wanted me to sell real estate. Me, real estate. I just don't see I mean, technically, you are participating with real estate right now. So you- Right now, currently. It did help a little. Yes, but, but 20 years ago, I was like, I've not done performing. And, and even yeah. though I can't, I can't dance anymore, I really want to give this a shot. And so very, again, very sort of naively and trusting the, the past, I moved to New York City, got a divorce, and um, found some wonderful mentors and voice teachers. And after literally two years of training, I made my operatic debut. And then six months, <sighs> it, true story, then see, <laughs> and it's then, amazing. And, oh my God. <laughs> I was very single minded in my uh, devotion to the languages. It's a lot of work. Learning. A lot of work. Oh it my is, God. It's a lot. And about six months later, I was at New York City Opera at Lincoln Center, where I did over you know, 30 productions around the world. And so then, when speaking of the recession, 
when that started coming around, it started affecting budgets for operas and, you know, mm. things, things would be canceled. I had a contract in Paris that was canceled, one in LA canceled. And I was like, Ooh, I need to kind of look around and see what else I can do. And a friend of mine said, Hey, this is an audition for Phantom of the Opera. Keeping in mind that high school, Andrew was obsessed with Phantom of the Opera. Oh, no way. It was like my favorite show of all time. I'm not ashamed to say it. And so I showed up to the audition and I, you know, sang and there's a role in there, Signor Piangi, who is the opera tenor. I was yes. like, how cliche, but let's, let's do this. Let's do this, yeah. And uh, a little too short and stout for the Phantom and uh, about 20 years too old for Raul. So here we are. So they called me in like five times. And the last time I went in was around my birthday in 2011. And I sang a, a rendition of Falling in Love with Someone, the Victor Herbert song. I changed all the words to Falling in Love with Phantom. Oh, I'm falling in love with Phantom. Can't you see? And, it, I, and they were, they were howl, howling. And I walked out of the room. And as I was leaving, I said, by the way, it's my birthday in two days. This would be the best present ever. Two days later, they called me on my birthday and hired me to be in the Broadway cast of the Phantom. Oh, my Opera. God. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're like tissues. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Living, that was living a childhood dream. Wow. I, and I stayed at Phantom for six years. I did about 2,200 and some performances. Wow. And it was amazing. And then yeah, I've been teaching voice for a while. And uh, being in Phantom really gave me a lot of uh, visibility for the, the Broadway community. And you know, I've, I have friends in other shows and clients who are in shows and I do vocal rehab work as well. Yeah. And it, it was through doing all of that, that, you know, after, again, after six years of, of doing Phantom, I said, I think I want to start a school because I started seeing this trend in my private voice studio of kids who would be coming out of, you know, schools with three initials and they would be like a, a quarter of a million dollars in student debt. And that's mm. not a made up number. And I said, how is it possible that you are paying this amount of tuition. You didn't learn how to dance because they don't really stress it. They're doing kind of outdated curriculum. You didn't really learn how to sing and you don't know anyone in the business. That is outrageous to me. Mm. And so I started talking to my colleagues, you know, uh, dancers and singers and directors and choreographers, producers. I said, think about starting a school because that's just how things happen in my life. I go, I'm thinking about doing this. And then, then I just started doing the legwork and following through and seeing like, well, how many students would I have to get to make this viable? And of course, everyone, again, was like, you're absolutely out of your mind. And in September of 2016, uh, we had 35 students join the Institute for American Musical Theater. We're renting space at Pearl that we moved uh, downtown for a minute. And then we ended up at Harlem School. And now we went from 29 graduates to 77, to over 100 students. And the That's level- incredible. What, and <laughs> That's I, so great. I would like to believe that we're sort of creating a, a culture at IMT that promotes positivity, yes. that promotes love, that promotes, yes. promotes uniqueness. Mm, I, mm -hmm. I see, you know, I mean, at, at my age now, almost 48, I see kids struggle so much with self-worth. It is heartbreaking. These are the most beautiful, kind souls you'll ever meet. 
and they're wondering if they're good enough to, to make it, good enough to do, good enough to try. And it's the good enough to try that kills me. We're all eligible to try for our dreams. There is no, no person or, or book that says you cannot. Right. A and I think they, they just need someone to grab them by the hands and say, you can, if I can do it, you can do it. You just have to be willing to trust the process, trust the universe, and go for it. Yeah. You'll, fi you'll find your place. Yeah. And so in this short amount of time, which is crazy that uh, we've only had two graduating classes, we, our students ha have been on seven national tours. Nice. Our, our, one of our students just booked her, our first official Broadway baby. Oh, I love that. Uh, you know, Music Man with Sutton and Hugh Jackman. So things are like really, really doing well. And I, I, I like to believe that in addition to great training, it's because our hearts are in the right place, yeah. like to, to genuinely help. I was just talking to a parent today about uh, her daughter wants to apply. And, you know, she was asking about tuition. There is, there's not one student at my school that pays full tuition. Not one. I want them to graduate with no debt. Because once you graduate, you still have to train. And it's awfully hard to do that when you're paying a massive student loan and your rent and your cell phone and the subway and trying to take class at BDC or voice lessons or whatever. So I'm very proud that 95% of our students graduate with zero debt. That's amazing. That's not easy to do because you also have a business to run and pay people to pay and all. I yes. mean, so much that goes into behind the scenes before you oh, even yes. bring in the icing on the cake, AKA the teachers and the students. So oh, yes. that's, that's incredible um, to be able to say that. I know how hard that is to keep something like that. It, it is, but that sort of thing, I feel like if you put that out in the world, yeah. it, it comes back to you 10 times over. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and look at your beautiful poster in the background we have of Disney, which I think is a good reminder of good things coming back your way, even yes. just where you live. Yes, that was a, <laughs> at, at the time, that was a um, credit card purchase. I was like, you know, I got space on my Amex. <laughs> Here you go. But, but it's beautiful. Look at it. But, yes. But it's one of those things where every day I see it, and it's, I mean, long since paid off, but Right. Every day that I see it, it just reminds me, in, in my office at IMT, I, have, I don't know if you're familiar, I know you will be, there's a picture of Walt standing in the middle of a swamp with, uh, it's like a ghost shape. Oh, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. I was thinking of getting a picture of that because it's so yeah. inspiring. And it just says vision, mm -hmm. like being able to see something where there's nothing. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, Walt Disney is one of my, like, all-time heroes because, I mean, what you're saying about his failures, and you're, we, we think about, what's well, Disney. I mean, he, he was just successful at everything he did. No. But not true. <laughs> not true. And so it just, it gave me the inspiration to take this white shell of a space and turn it into this beautiful school. Yeah, well, I mean, so, I, I'm gonna do a, a, a crazy side segue into this, but it has to do with things that you have to battle in life. He got this whole reputation for being racist, which he wasn't. No, I've been like he wasn't but like sometimes people go back to that and that that's a big one That's a hard thing to like deal with in your career yes. um, no. Big time especially if we're talking about a family place open to everyone like that's huge. So Right there. That's it that right there. Oh my god. So 
you know, you never know what obstacles you're going to deal with in life. And, and he was able to keep being successful despite something. Like yes. That. Again, because look at his mission. It was to bring joy and to bring happiness to millions of people. Again, what I do is on such a small scale by comparison, but I always, I believe in ripples. You know, you, you, you touch one person and they then in turn pass on the kindness to someone else. And, you know, again, the, the sense of community, like all the people watching, like, I hope you're all friends. I hope you all support one another because we're all in it together. That's that is, literally the goal. That is you know, literally my goal. Yeah. There's, right there, there is my goal. Yep. Yes. And there mm -hmm. also is no competition. Amongst no. no. You know, <laughs> if, if I always say like, you know, when we, when you go to auditions, if, if you're not chosen, I mean, not right for something does not equal not talented. Yeah. And you know, if you rack your brain, well, why'd they pick Susie and not me? It really doesn't matter. And the crazy thing is you'll never know, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean you are not good. Yeah. Right. Maybe that's for Susie. It also doesn't mean you're not good for that part as well. It, it means you Correct. still are good for that part, but just in someone else's eyes. Yes. Which is so oh. subjective. The business so is very subjective. subjective. So subjective. But, but if you go in with a good head on your shoulders, which I like to think we instill in our kids, you just go and I mean, our, one of our models is just seek your joy. You know, that's how I live my life. And does it mean it's always easy? No. No. Get, yeah. Getting this building built, it was nine months late and $200,000 over budget. Wow. And so I'm renting space, paying for this building, trying mm -hmm. to figure out where I'm doing my summer program, which ended up being a hodgepodge mess of places. And it still worked out in the end, you yeah. know? But throughout, it was about the joy of working with these kids that gets you through the annoying things in life. Exactly. And, and again, just for what it's worth, you go to audition, you know, you have a pianist to play for you for free, for free. Just go in and sing your song, yeah. tell, tell your story and then leave, go get some ice cream. Like you did it. You're in New York city singing in New York city. Yeah. And then, yeah. So, and if you're lactose intolerant, go have a donut, you know, it's fine. <laughs> do your thing. You do, there's many, many other options. Yes. Yes. That's why I always say, you know, just really, if you, if you seek your joy, that joy is infectious. And it infects everyone around you, you yeah. know, so rather than be bogged down in any kind of negativity. And I think, honestly, uh, is why I love Disney so much, because you, you're going to understand what I'm saying. When you're on that Disney Magical Express, mm. as, so, as soon as you enter Disney property, you go, <sighs> and you just take this beautiful breath, knowing that you're sort of isolated from the outside world, and you are guaranteed to have a really beautiful time. Yeah. I agree. It's just to even sit in there in that atmosphere, just to sit in there. Yes. Ah, it's, it's, it's a very special place. I want to actually go back sure. on the idea that you made this decision to go from performing on Broadway to your business now of being of service, AKA the title of this. But I, I think mm -hmm. this is a good, a good moment to compare. How is the happiness you get from being of service to these performers? different from the happiness you had on Broadway. That's so interesting. People ask me that very, like, do I miss performing? And I still perform from time to time, but seeing, there's not a lot I didn't do in, in my career. So, right. uh, no, really. <laughs> so I, I feel like I could have been one of those people to just sort of stay at Phantom for 10, 15 years. 
Um, but the idea of, of helping, uh, I, felt, I felt like it was a calling. I really did. And seeing, I imagine how parents must feel, you know, when you see your kid take their first steps or say their first words. And I get to do that every day. I get to see kids have little breakthrough moments. And there's always that moment where something clicks and a, like a new confidence comes in them. They, you know, I, I would choose this level of happiness far surpasses, you know, adoration of, of, of fans or whatever. And I always say to people, I've done some pretty cool things. Yeah. You know, I've done solo concerts and had standing ovations from 29,000 people. Like, oh, that's really cool. I was at Madison Square Garden at uh, Shea Stadium and all these neat things. But, and it's fun. But oh, none, yeah. of, none of that compares to the feeling of, of helping these kids. Because they're all looking to you for advice, for reassurance. And someone, again, I always say, the amount of experience I've had in life, I've run the gamut. It wasn't, uh, you know, instant star for anything. It was, I worked my way to where I got to and let me show you how, let me bring you along with me on this journey. I promise I got you. Yeah. And so, I mean, I always, I call them my children because I'm now older than most of their dads, which is fine. I'm not sure when that happened, but it happened. And, <laughs> And, and honestly, no matter what's going on in, in life outside of that, when I go in there and I do my, you know, F-sharp arpeggio to start my class and all the kids are there looking and smiling and ready to go, that is the absolute best feeling. I mean, I spend about 90% of the showcase performance crying because <laughs> I'm a proud papa. Yeah. And, uh, and just seeing them get up there and be stars, it's, it's almost like I am still doing it, watching them do it. You know, I just, again, I've done it for so long. I, I say, I would say I have nothing left to prove only to share. I love that. And, and sharing with these kids has been amazing. You're going to come spend the day with me one day. I and, am, no, trust me after this, I'm going to go on my calendar with you yeah. and we're scheduling, scheduling a date. This it's yeah. just official. Cause I'm so moved. I, I probably, <laughs> I'm like, I imagine myself, you know, when you like predict, how you're going to feel when you get back to Disney. Yes. That's what I'm feeling about when I get to your oh. place, this idea that I come in and just get moved, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it, well, and, and it is that the other day, a good friend of mine uh, that I've known since my dancing days, her name is Brianna Reed. She was a principal dancer in Alvin Ailey for 14 years. She's a Beautiful. teaching, teaching fellow at American ballet theater. She's, she's one of the most fierce dancers I've ever seen in my life. Um, I'm bringing her on to faculty next year just because she's one of my best friends and I, I love well, her. Well, it's best. It's good if they're a good friend that you trust. Yes. It's a big deal. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. And so she saw the building for the first time just the other day and we're, we're what, and she just kept going, Oh my God. Oh my God. And we walked into studio three, which is like the sort of the grand studio. Is that she, where you film the performances and stuff? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she just burst into tears. She's like, you built this. She's like, I feel like, anything is possible seeing what, what's been accomplished here. And I'm like, and I guess I'm used to it now, but when I see it through, <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, cause I, yeah, it's my school and I, I love it. But when I see it through other people's eyes, I, I'm so proud that we have this beautiful space to, to help people. I mean, we did a, a dance fundraiser 
for the fires in Australia uh, just two nights ago. My dance head, Nicholas Cunningham, who's one of my favorite human beings, he's from Australia. And so we raised about $4,000 to go towards World Wildlife Foundation. And I thought, we, we can do anything here, you know, because it's our building now. You know, we don't have to go and rent space. So the positive change that I think we can make is going to be just exponential over the coming years. There's some very exciting projects we have going on, and I'll, I'll look forward to sharing them with Oh, my with God, you and, I can't. This is amazing. It's so exciting. I just find you to be so inspiring, and this is literally just you, like anybody listening. This is just him following his dreams. And please, please believe me when I say I'm literally, I just, I'm just Andrew from Michigan. Like there was no reason I should have had the success. I'm going to get emotional. Other than I thought I could. So if you believe you can and you're willing to take the steps to do it, you can do anything. I mean, honestly, you really can. Yeah. Because there was nothing particularly special about me. I wasn't the best dancer. I became one of the best dancers. I didn't have the best voice. I became a world-class opera singer. I just decided to go to a Phantom of the Opera audition because it was my favorite show and why not? And then I decided to open a school that's becoming really quite well-known and, and successful because I believed in it that much and I was willing to put all of me into it. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think, again, the rewards that I get back are, you know, the kids are always like, thank you so much, thank you so much. I'm like, you don't know the joy you give me just by, you know, because I mean, I hug my kids every day and let them know that they're special. And, and you, you can't put a price on that. No, you really you cannot. You really can't. You really can't. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on to this, to, to speak to me. Well, right now it's to me eventually. <laughs> We're able to progress. It'll be to everyone else. But thank you. This was absolutely beautiful. I, I, I had a feeling. I was like, I got to. I got to contact Andrew. I was like, I think this is going to be a phenomenal. Talk. Well, I'm so, I'm so glad when I saw you and your husband and Mickey ears, I'm like, these are my people. <laughs> <laughs> these are my people. <laughs> See, and that's just us being ourselves. Always be yourself. Yes. You never know who you're going to connect with. Seriously. Absolutely. Oh my God. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you. It is my pleasure. And uh, please let's set a date to get you up to the school. Oh, heck yeah.